Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have an amazing interview for you. We are chatting with Keisha Reeves, and Keisha is a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, actually, so not too far from where we are, but she specializes in postpartum depression, infant loss, infertility, and helping women transition into motherhood in a powerful way. And then through her work and through the focus on the care of women and her own journey of motherhood, she also started a new venture, a company dedicated to afterbirth kits, so things, products, to support mamas in healing and feeling their best after giving birth called Push Through. And so I sit down and chat with Keisha about how she got into her work, the intricacies of it, and her own experience of motherhood. And just a heads up, we do talk about some sensitive subjects in this topic. I mean, postpartum depression, infant loss, infertility, and just transitioning into motherhood. These can be very sensitive experiences wrought with emotions and all kinds of stuff. So just letting you know that we get into some of the realness of that. And then we also share some of our own postpartum experiences and just how we as a culture, as a society, could put more emphasis on taking care of mothers through all stages of the journey and what the world could look like and be like and hold that possibility. So it's a beautiful, outstanding conversation. I had so much fun chatting with Keisha, and I'm so grateful to her for coming on the show and gracing us with her knowledge and presence. So here it is. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Keisha. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm good. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's so funny. We're like so close yet so far away because we're technically in the same city-ish range. I know, right? um, But <laughs> if anyone knows anything about Atlanta, you know, if you're more than five, 10 miles away, it's just going to probably take you an hour to get wherever you need to go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so grateful for you being here. Um, why don't you kick us off by just sharing a little bit about you and who you are and what you do? Well, um, I'm Keisha. I'm originally from Georgia. I was born in Milledgeville, Georgia. And if anyone knows anything about Milledgeville, um, we used to have the largest mental institution in the world. And both of my parents worked there. And so like growing up or coming out of Milledgeville, people used to always say, oh, my gosh, did you escape or the crazy town (laughs) or something like that? That's like the running joke of like Georgians. But both of my parents worked there, and I think it kind of inspired me to study psychology in college and um, go forth to grad school and decide to become a therapist in private practice. And I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, Ezra, who's the light of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been married for almost three years now to my husband, David, whom I met in undergrad. And yeah, that's that's me. I like running. I like Netflix and that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure all of that keeps you pretty busy and um, very um, fulfilled at the same time. Cause that sounds like a lot of great stuff, you know, being in your passion, having, you know, your tribe, having your husband and son, you know, with you to support Mm -hmm. you. And then what you do in your work as well um, is really amazing and really needed. I love that the conversation we're going to have and get into today, because I I think it speaks to, you know, the experience of motherhood Mm -hmm. and all of the kind of Mm -hmm. things orbiting around it that uh, Mm -hmm. women need to hear real honest conversations about because it's one thing, you know, there's so much prep and support for pregnancy and even up until, you know, planning around birth. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. I think I read this on your website. It's kind of like afterwards, everyone's just upset, um, obsessed with this cute bouncing baby. And then mom's kind of there sometimes literally putting pieces back together, you know, figuratively (laughs) and literally. And um, (laughs) it's just such a whirlwind. So what you do Mm -hmm. specifically, so that I'm clear, you work with women, particularly around, you know, postpartum depression, loss, infertility, Mm -hmm. and also just the transition into motherhood. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been doing that specifically? Um, I would say about three years. Mm. Um, I got like, I got interested in it before I had my son because I was, I, my focus prior to was just women in general, because mm. I felt like just women in the world deal with a lot, rather career, education, you know, gender differences, workforce. And so I wanted to cater to women to just help encourage and, and build confidence and, you know, go out there and take on the world. And I noticed that I was getting a lot of women who were pregnant or who had babies 
and were just having like a difficult time and they didn't know what to call it. They didn't know how to put a name on it Mm. of what it was that they were dealing with. And so I started to do more research and I decided that I wanted to get a specialty in it, especially with postpartum depression, because it was such that stigma and it was, you know, like sometimes they wouldn't even feel comfortable filling out the survey when they go for that six week checkup of being honest about it and being able to talk about it. So um, I got certified through Postpartum Support International. And um, since then, you know, I had my own child and I went through my own afterbirth experience. Mm. And then I just kind of like really honed in it from there. Yeah. You mentioned the stigma. What what do you think that is? Where do you think that comes from, the stigma around postpartum depression? I think it's mainly because how people, you know, even when you talk about postpartum depression, people automatically will think, oh, you know, you want to kill your baby or you want to drive off of a, a bridge. And those examples that come from other women who we've seen in the media that was postpartum psychosis. Mm. And most of the time, if, if someone has postpartum psychosis, they already have a, a predisposed diagnosis. You know, they could have already had bipolar or schizophrenia and they could have been pregnant and not medicated or didn't want to medicate because they were breastfeeding or they were they were going on undiagnosed and had a disorder. Mm. So it's unlikely, you know, someone who is, is, is a lower chance of someone who's, you know, fine mental health wise and then to go to that point, not to say that it, it never does, but it's right. unlikely where it's postpartum depression is you have a hormonal imbalance, a chemical imbalance, and the adjustment has lasted past, you know, that, that time period of after you've had the baby and it's these ongoing emotions and symptoms that you're experiencing, which is very common. And it makes sense to be that way because your body is just trying to like get back. Like all those chemicals are just trying to like get back in order. And, and we don't do enough education around that as explaining like, this is what this is. A lot of women experience this and this is how you can get help for it. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, what I'm hearing and and I've experienced this too, or even, you know, seen it, it's the assumption that it's just the extreme. I and mean, I think right. we have a tendency in society mm-hmm. with lots of things, but if you have or are experiencing this thing, that it must be the highest degree of it and you must be a clear and present danger to yourself and others, but it may not look like right. that. It could, yeah. but it may most likely in most cases probably not look like that. Right. Right. Exactly. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I think about myself a little bit in those first few weeks after having Maya. And, you know, there were times where I cried and had no idea why I was crying. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I even entered with a little bit, a little bit, maybe a shred of awareness around what could potentially be going on and being at peace with, you know, anything that popped up and not having myself a big stigma around postpartum depression because I and other um phases in my life, you know, went through clinical depression. So I didn't have Mm -hmm. that sort of mindset that it was going to mean anything about me as a mom. But, and then I even have this supportive, loving partner in Matthew. And at times he was Mm -hmm. looking at me like, what's wrong? And, you know, just Mm -hmm. that, that not knowing and that, you know, on his side, that inability to really fully connect with what was going on with me, because I didn't even know what was fully going on with me. And um, so even when you have awareness and support, like it can still feel the way that it feels. (laughs) Right. 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 And I I think that the more we talk about it, the more we're prepared for it just in case, you know, it happens to every, to someone 
the more people will want to say, well, yeah, I, I have been crying every single day or mm-hmm. I'm not bonding with my baby or I am having a lot of anxiety and for reasons I don't know, or I have these flashes of, of things occurring and I don't know why making people like aware that that happens and it, it's okay and we can talk about it and we can support you. I feel like will bring people more forward to, to reveal themselves and be more vulnerable. Mm, yeah. So more powerful examples, more, more people who are in a healthy space about it now and can talk about it, sharing their mm-hmm. truth, you know, sharing the realness um, to then mm-hmm. create the space for other women and families to get the support that they need. Right. Wow. So then what are some, what are some things beyond the talking, which I'm sure that just covers a whole bag and, and everything can kind of be revealed and, and unravel in, in just the talking about it. What are some things or tools, tactics that you move through with women specifically around postpartum depression? Um, I think like with the symptoms, it is like speaking to their OBGYN, um, speaking to their doctors to see if it is, you know, they would have to get on some sort of medication, um, coming up with a good support plan so that they don't feel like they're by themselves and they don't get that rest or that person to come in and kind of relieve them, which a lot of women, you know, don't, some women don't have support. They don't have anybody that can come and and give them an hour of nap. And then being able to kind of just go through some of like regular therapy practices like cognitive behavioral therapy, being able to do some mindfulness activities and breathing activities when they have like anxiety, being able to do some positive self-talk whenever they're feeling defeated and having depression, getting them to get out of the house and go for a walk, get their serotonin moving, all of those, you know, just coming up with a plan and then just encouraging them and not making them feel so isolated, I think also helps in creating a network. And there's a lot of support groups on Facebook, their support groups and being able to talk to other women and what they've been able to do kind of helps to know that it's, it's not going to be like this forever. Like it does, it does feel like crazy, especially if it's your first child mm-hmm. and it's your first experience, you kind of feel like my life is over. This is it. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it, it really is temporary and it, it is so much better on the other side. It just, it takes a lot of adjustment. Yeah. What what would you say for the mama who might be listening right now, who might be feeling some of those, you know, they call them the baby blues and, and that Mm -hmm. stuff. What, what sort of stuff can she be looking for or tuning into with herself where it's kind of moving beyond, you know, just a hard day where I'm tired and I'm just letting out some emotion. Like what, where is that space where it's becoming something that, you know, maybe you want to go find someone like you or talk to someone to get you some help. I I definitely um, feel like if, if the crying is, is happening two weeks past after you've had postpartum, you've had the baby and it's two weeks and you're still having these crying spells. And definitely if you feel like you're not getting any rest at all, if you're having some hallucinations, if you feel like you're getting super anxious, um, if the baby is crying and you have absolutely no desire to pick the baby up, you just don't want to touch the baby. You don't have any bond or connection to your baby. Um, those are definite red flags. If you're starting to feel hopeless, if it feels like a dark cloud is following you all day, um, if even if you get sleep and you still feel extremely tired, um, all of those, if you're incredibly irritable, um, short-tempered, um, emotional, easily escalated for no reason, mm. necessarily. 
those are, are red flags to kind of look into it. After you have the baby, I, from the education I've learned, it's pretty normal. I experienced it to have a crying fit. Mm-hmm. I did. I think it was like day three after we came home and my husband kept inviting people over. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I didn't want anybody over. I'm, I'm adjusting to breastfeeding. I look a mess. You know, mm-hmm. my breasts are just out all day. Yeah. I don't want to see John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Get Stop out of here, John. Over. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I just had like this breakdown and I was just crying. He was just looking at me like in the kitchen like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, like I, I had had it, but I, I felt like pushed and overwhelmed. And I was just emotional and hormones and I was just into, you know, breastfeeding and all of that is completely normal. Mm. But it's when it's been like a couple of weeks and this is still going on where you, you should talk to a provider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so let's talk for a minute about the work that you do around loss and infertility, which I'm sure sometimes mm. can kind of go together depending on the individual mm-hmm. journey. Um, but what mm-hmm. are things there that you work on with women and families as far as um, healing, processing, creating, um, uh, whether it's habits and mindsets to move through that? Right. Infant loss is, is a very, um, very, very difficult. It, it was, um, it's, it's very, I mean, all of it is very delicate. I mm-hmm. don't want to, um, you know, make something seem more, more delicate than the other. Right. They all are for anyone that's going through it. But I started out um, volunteering with a support group at North Sky Hospital. They have a heartstrings perinatal loss group and they meet the second Monday of every month. And I, I, I like Northside Hospital and I like the fact that they offer that to moms and it's free to anybody to come. Mm. And I just noticed, you know, like it doesn't matter like where you are in the maternal cycle, you know, whether you experience loss within the first three months or you experience loss at 40 weeks, it's just very difficult. And after the loss, you know, if you still want to try to have a baby, there's anxiety surrounding that. Mm -hmm. And there's anxiety about, you know, I don't even want to bond with my baby while I'm pregnant because they may not, you know, make it full term. And then, you know, working with moms about Mm -hmm. them blaming themselves or them trying to figure out, well, what is it that I did? And sometimes unfortunate things just, just happen, you know, with no real conclusion or explanation as in why. And so, um, you know, it's it's just it's something that brought me to it is, again, women, we mm-hmm. go through stuff, we have to deal with stuff. And a lot of the time, society and our environment isn't forgiving. And there's people who can be your friends or family who will send mean wells, like, well, you could just have another baby, mm-hmm. or well, you already have two babies, right? Or right. You, you guys can just try again and not you know, they're, they're trying, they think they're coming from a good place, but it can be very help, hurtful and not helpful. Mm. So it's just helping moms go through that grieving process and for them to just be able to not put the blame on themselves, to still feel like a mom to this baby that they lost and be able to memorialize them and how they could adjust to life moving forward from there. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the friends and family members of women who are going through this process at whatever stage, how can you show up 
best for them? Because, you know, like you were saying, the people who might have good intentions, but the comments that you were kind of listing, I feel like are very, you know, you hear that a lot. Um, Uh And I think some of that just comes from people not knowing what to do. Uh And like what you said, it's so delicate, Uh like infant loss, you know, even I sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to say or like I do, right, I couldn't even right. imagine what I wh- how I can show up for you. So and sometimes people just won't, you know, they'll kind of, re- you know, retreat in the sense they feel like right. they're helping you by not saying something stupid. But right. anyway, what do you what do you feel like people right. can do or how they can show up in that way? I think they should they can just ask. Yeah, right. I think that they, they can just say. You know, I'm I'm incredibly sorry for your loss. I know that this is an extraordinarily difficult time. Whatever you need me to do, if you need me to physically be there, if you need me to just be on the phone, like if you need me to do whatever it is, I am there. Whatever you need me to say or be or how to be present for you, I can do that for you. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I I agree. I mean, I feel like that could help so much in all um, aspects <laughs> of the motherhood journey, no matter where you're at yeah. and what process you're moving through it, just to ask, what do you need? I feel right. like that could be asked a lot more. And even when it was just ask, ask again, because sometimes, yeah. you know, especially as a new mom or as you're processing all of these things, you might not know exactly. And so you just need some space to kind of process that. Or maybe I need you to ask me again in five minutes and I'll right. be in a different space and I'll know then. But just to ask that, I feel like has incredible power and potential um, mm-hmm. for love and, mm-hmm. and support and healing. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So I certainly don't want to gloss over any aspect of the infant loss and infertility um, before moving on to the next thing. Is there anything for you that you, you know, really want to share around that or anything else beyond what we've kind of talked about? Um, Just because I I want to make sure it gets its, you know, proper space. Right. Um, I think like with infant loss and infertility, it's just some incredibly strong women out there that, you know, just that, that carry this and, and for even infertility, the, the society and the world puts all this pressure on us to have children. Mm-hmm. Some women don't want to have children. Um, so, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody has to be a mother. And then also for women who may want to focus on their career and their education and, you know, just so happen they met their mate at 38 mm-hmm. or 42. <laughs> and that's when they want to have kids and they struggle to, to be able to do that. And, and it's almost like I've heard clients say that it feels like a consequence mm-hmm. because I put my career first and that I wanted to, you know, have a, a good home to bring them to and be financially well off that I am now punished to have this difficulty in it. You know, the way like evolution works, if anyone believes in that, it's like that hasn't caught up, you know what I mean? Mm. Like us being able to wait until we're later in age because a lot of women are waiting later Mm -hmm. versus, you know, in our parents' day where it could have been 18, 17, you got married and, and had kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's really hard and it's difficult. And I, I see a lot of women who will go through IVF trials and, and spend a lot of money and really hope, you know, that this one takes and this one takes. And that's just, that's an incredible journey for them to go to. And I just think that they're in just amazing mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. 
And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. And, you know, you were mentioning women who might be waiting later to have children. I feel like regardless of when you choose to enter into the journey um, or when that happens for you, the transition into motherhood, that being a big, you know, thing of, of what you do and the women that you work with, that is a, a whole big ball <laughs> yeah. of wax as well. <laughs> yes. I saw this <laughs> post on Instagram yesterday and it said, instead of having baby showers, we should have postpartum parties. Oh, and I was wow. like, yes, <laughs> we should. <laughs> and like, just like a little bit about my experience after I had Ezra. I didn't have postpartum depression, but I had a very difficult time adjusting. Mm. And um, I didn't bond with him immediately after I had him. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be, even though, you know, I'm educated, I'm in mental health, you know, I'm aware of this, but I didn't think it was going to be a little like TV. I would see him and my eyes would just light up and we were just going to connect and you know, it was just he and I in the universe. And I, I I, took a minute to catch up to what happened. And for a little bit, I felt like I was babysitting. Mm. Like I knew that he was mine. But I, I just felt like, where did this kid come from? Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> but I was pregnant for nine months, so I'm, I'm aware of this. But and, and it was like my husband had this job that was out of town. And so I was home alone a lot. Mm. And so we moved far away so both of our parents still work and we're kind of far from our friends and you know people people work or whatever and some friends like would take off and come and like help me or let me you know take a nap or do some laundry but you know after like a while people go on with their lives and I was still at home with him Mm -hmm. and sleep deprivation was a beast for me and it was Literally, I would start to get anxiety when nighttime came because I didn't know if I was going to sleep or not. And and I wouldn't. And I ended up like learning that Ezra had colic and I had to change a lot with my diet because I was breastfeeding Mm. and breastfeeding was an adjustment. And I would literally like we would I would be up like for hours to the point where I did start to see things because I was so sleep deprived and, (laughs) and it was hard. And I just, I, I felt like I saw no end Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't know what to do. Um, and yeah. (laughs) Gosh. I mean, that's like prisoner of war type of stuff. I mean, those are tactics to drive a person literally crazy. And you know, this Mm is the, day in the life, you know, for those first few weeks of a mom, that's, I, mm-hmm. wow. So mm-hmm. how do you feel like that personal experience ties in now with the work that you do? And what do you feel like that, you know, that firsthand um, stuff, let's just say that you mm. were going through, right. how, how does that now influence your practice and your working with these um, women? I think that I definitely, especially with women who are pregnant, who come prior to work on postpartum planning and coming up with that plan, putting those supports into place, really being aware of what is to expect it as much as possible. Cause you just, you never know, you know, how the cards may fall, but like people would tell me, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps. 
and you know you're not gonna sleep for a while but I didn't like get it and even when when Ezra would sleep I would feel like well there's so much to be done you know I need to take a bath I need to wash my hair I need to like do some laundry Mm -hmm. or, or whatnot so I would try to catch up during that time and or sometimes when I would try to go to sleep when he would fall asleep you know, like he can't just fall asleep, so it would take a second to fall into sleep. So by the time I would hit real sleep, he's yep. awake again, mm-hmm. and then you feel like even more exhausted. Yeah. So it <laughs> it was just like this vicious cycle. But I just try to work with moms on coming up with a plan, having those supports put into place, regardless of what that is, whether it's a postpartum doula, whether it's a friend, whether it's you know figuring out with work or it is your partner, or it is your mom, or whoever it may be, and just making them aware that this isn't forever. And then also like checking in with baby to see what's going on to kind of get them where the both of you can kind of like figure each other out because you're you're Mm. just learning each other. And I was learning him. And fortunately, you know, at some point, I figured out that it was college. And once we resolved that, then it got better. Wow. All of those can just like really play, play factors in, in how that process is afterwards. For sure. And I love that you mentioned, you know, you'll sit down with a client who's doing postpartum planning while she's pregnant. That, yeah. I mean, just that is paradigm shifting kind of blows my mind in an awesome <laughs> way because that's not something I would have ever thought about. Like, oh yeah, I'll mm-hmm. plan for my postpartum. I mean, anything mm-hmm. around planning for postpartum in my world two years ago, you know, when I was getting ready to have Maya was, you know, the baby gear because that's not really yeah. postpartum, but yet it's that time frame. Right. So baby gear and like how long I would be not working. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like that, And that's probably where a lot of women stop there too. Like, well, that's it. And then everything yeah. else I will figure out as I go along. Um, right. So to just shift that narrative to now look at your postpartum period as something to prepare for. And like you said, as best you can, mm-hmm. because of course, there's thing. I mean, how do you how do you emotionally, physically, spiritually explain to a woman in the fullness of it, like what she'll be going through? I mean, there's only so far you can go. Like the lengths right. of that are only so much. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like if we just looked at it like we could, though, we could take it to its furthest lengths and share and kind of eliminate some of this, what I know I've experienced, even still up until this day. I'm like, no one told me that. No one told me this. What is this? Like, I can't even count the (laughs) number of times I've done that from those first few days and things were coming out of me that I no one had told me to (laughs) just, yeah, like that kind of stuff. So I feel like um, more and more of this creates that, oh, okay, no, no one could tell me exactly how this would feel like experientially. Mm-hmm. However, I've been I've been shared and I've heard stories and I've had, mm-hmm. you know, connection with women who have gone through it and and I've had a professional like guiding me along this. That I feel it like could make a world of difference. Right. I I honestly didn't really learn about the pelvic floor. Oh my until god. <laughs> 3 4 years ago, like no one talked, they didn't talk about the pelvic floor. <laughs> like no one ever brought that up ever, ever. <laughs> and like what that does to a woman. Mm. And then also like um, for women who want to balance like being in the workforce or yeah. being an entrepreneur or doing their own projects within the home or however they do it and experiencing mom guilt, like 
like, you know, we hear about mom guilt, but we don't like really like talk about that. And we we don't ever hear about dad guilt mm. or, or what that looks like, or if that exists. Or yeah, because that's not exist. a thing. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding, kind of. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it is like, it, it, and it, it, it's just, it's this pressure that mm. we just, we have and to be all and to do all and I have a friend, she invited me to go to Rome next year. She's like, I found these flights and um, for this $500 round trip, it's just seven days. And I was like, seven days? I'll be away from Memphis for seven days? He will forget who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, that's me being, like, irrational. But, like, it, it, it is, like, we put, we have, like, all this pressure on ourselves to be all and do all and to be present and to do this and to juggle this and, and all of that. And it's just, it's a lot. So mm-hmm. having that space for, for women to be able to talk about it and figure out a balance and, and how can it work into their own lives and how can they still be themselves while also being a mom and also doing the things that they're passionate about. Mm. I'm wondering, and you know, we probably don't have a clear answer to this because if we did, it would be happening, but I'm just wondering what it would take for not just in this country, in the world, but I'll just start small with this country, uh, for maternity care to look like the prenatal visits and then extended postpartum care and visits. Like I'm talking up to a year of those Mm -hmm. monthly check-ins like you got when you were pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. And whatever, maybe that's your your doctor, your practitioner, a midwife, a doula, a Keisha. Like, what will that take for us to get there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but, hey, you I mean, know. It would, I, I just, I, I have no idea. It, I think in a perfect world, I think, and I also feel like that is preventative care. Mm. I feel like doing that is definitely preventative. Like there are studies that show how anxiety can contribute to cancer right. and, you know, high blood pressure and how not being physically moving around can, can be a detriment to your body. And so doing all of this and creating this, this, this education, having all of these providers in place, making it not have a stigma. It's okay to check in. It's okay to talk about this. Use these coping skills. I think it is preventative. I mm-hmm. think it would last for longevity and have some pretty functional adults in this mm-hmm. world. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, you know, the mamas who are entrepreneurial and, you know, in any, in any capacity, because all moms are working moms, as far as I'm concerned, I don't mm-hmm. care where you mm-hmm. get a paycheck. If you get a paycheck, all moms mm-hmm. are working moms. Um, but yep. you yourself decided to throw in another role, another project for yourself. Um, can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started push through after I had Ezra, because I was like, it would be nice if there was some sort of survival kit for moms just for that fourth trimester, just for those things that, you know, you didn't know that you would need like physically. Like I didn't know that my vagina was so like a horse kicked it. No one told me that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that the hospital would give me these hideous underwear with an ice pack in it to wear. Nobody told me that. Mm -hmm. So just, just those things or even just like after breastfeeding I didn't know that my breast might bleed mm. and they could have scabs on them nobody told me that so I just I wanted to create something that had those items 
for helping someone heal, helping somebody adjust and just transition just for that fourth trimester, just additional support. Because, you know, like we talked about, like everybody's so focused on the baby after you have the baby, but no one's really checking in with you. Like physically, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Like you were just in labor for like 24 hours. You you all right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get you, like, something, you know, a a water? Right, right. And so um, just having something for that. If if someone could have gave me just something for sleep deprivation, um, lavender, oil, something, just to help with that, I think that would have done a lot. So I wanted to create that, and that's how I came up with Push Through. That's amazing. That is so cool. And, you know, for, for those who may not have those extended tribes or big communities, you know, maybe you're a military family mm-hmm. and you're based somewhere where you don't know anyone or you just haven't created mm-hmm. that for yourself yet. Or you do have the community and kind of what we alluded to earlier, everyone's really excited those first two weeks because it's shiny and new for them. And then mm-hmm. they go back to life and then here you are still, you know, adjusting and, you know, everything's mm-hmm. quieted down now. Well, where are those things? Where are those resources? Where are those tools to help you um, heal? So I love that you've done this and that push through exists. And um, I'm going to put links to everything um, from your website for the counseling for anyone here in Atlanta, or could anyone potentially connect with you that isn't in Atlanta to get some resources or, okay, awesome. So yeah, we'll put that there. We'll put push through so women can go check that out and just learn more about all the amazing things that you're doing. Um, 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 so grateful to you for this conversation, for all that you're doing. Um, is there anything that you would just kind of like to leave mamas with as far as words of wisdom or just love and affirmation, regardless of, you know, where they're at in their journey? Yeah. Um, there's this quote that I love and it's called, well, I'm sure everybody's heard it, but it's like bloom where you're planted and just no matter where you are in, in the maternal cycle or just in life or just in general, to just be able to just take care of you and to focus on you and just know that everything is going to be okay. It Mm. seems like eternity. It seems like forever, but it's all going to work out and just, just take care of yourself. Mm. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) That's amazing. Keisha Reeves. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.